Hey, we're here with Tom McDonald today from uh, Headquarters Studio in Tempe, Arizona. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for being in the Old Guys Talk Metal Sometimes Punk Podcast. Yes, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. We're glad to have You're you, welcome. man. We always very welcome lovely. fellow metalheads into the group. You know, anybody who walks through our door is always a friend. So tell me a little bit about your studio, man. They, they know all about us and they're sick of hearing about us. So tell them about Headquarters Studio in Tempe. So about, about like... Three years ago, a buddy of mine that we were working at Guitar Center together, and we were just like, hey, I want to start a studio. You want to start a studio? Let's get together. took about a year to get it all set up and everything like that, and now we're starting to get a little bit more of the fruits of our labor kind of coming back. So yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. It took it took a lot of time. Sweat. We uh, took a whole warehouse and had to convert it into uh, into oh. a recording studio. It, was, it took a lot of time and effort, but it was worth it. So do you get a lot of what? What do you get most? You get a lot. You get a collective mix of bands, right? You get you get some hip hop, and you get uh, what's your main thing? I mean, you use some metal too. You're telling me earlier. Like, oh yeah. So I got uh, I try to stick with bands mostly, mostly just because that's what I'm a little bit better at. But uh, I do have a couple R and B guys as well, and uh, a lot of rappers. That's a lot of rappers. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> a lot of rappers, man. <laughs> Yeah. It's lucrative. I mean, you make it's a- lucrative, <laughs> but it's not really my cup of tea. But <laughs> though I do like, you know, there's bands that like Public Enemy and stuff like that. I mean, I like Rage Against the Machine, people like that. I mean, it's a lot different story than than the hip hop or what we hear on the radio today. Oh, yeah, no, the trap and stuff. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. I'm not a it's fan the of Atlanta sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm going to ask you this question mm-hmm. too because what do you think about the metal scene here in Arizona? It, it's it was big at one time, right? Yeah, back in like 2008, it, well, like 2008 well, to like 2012, there was a lot going on because you had like Greeley Estates was doing really well, and then um, you had like Matt Good who was out here doing a lot of stuff with uh, uh, from first to last and stuff like that. Yep, and. It, every once once that whole dubstep thing kind of happened, it really took a back burner for whatever reason, and I, it kind of started to come back for a little bit. I, there's a couple of bands that I work with now that I think are great examples of like modern metal. Um, there's a band that I've worked with called Never Sleep. Uh, one of my boys, Eric, he's the lead guitar player for them. Super cool. great gr- group of guys. Super super good stuff. They have a song called Eclipse out right now, and that song is. It's like a great example of modern metal, and they they did it all in Arizona. It's it's all in house made. It's super super good stuff. But um, other like yeah, it's it's hard to come up with uh, with like good examples of like modern metal stuff that's out right now. Yeah, when even radio here in Arizona, you're not except for our show. <laughs> you're not hearing really any metal. We play everything. I don't care what it is. We'll play everything and anything. We don't care. But you don't hear it on the radio anymore. No. Every only, once in a while, I hear Maiden song. Radio? Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> that way, that's radio? true. I heard Maiden like all, six months back. It's all Papa Roach and. <laughs> oh man! I mean, it's 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 all corporate. It's all corporate. Yeah. I think you know it is. Like I'm from Chicago, and like even the Loop, which is the biggest rock station in Chicago, is now a Christian station bought up by the corporations, and everybody's it, it, you're getting force fed music that they want you to listen to and buy and we know most of the stuff whether it's auto tuning post malone or anybody else <laughs> on, you, know, you know what i'm saying it's 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 not raw like it used to be back in the day and metal bands usually bring it raw they, they come in there with their equipment with their with their shoddy drums either gibson guitar whatever they're playing and just knock it out. Just yeah, they, like, do, they do their thing, they get in. Yeah, just kind of like what happened with the grunge movement. Same thing. You know, just playing guitars, come and knock it out. You know, maybe one or two takes that we're done. And it's raw. You know, 
And I always said that some of the most best recordings in the world are raw. They sound so raw, like it is not done the production, but it really gives you that feeling, like with the Stooges, with Iggy Pop and the Stooges, or yeah. some of the punk bands. You get this just that raw edge sound, you know. Not all this polished, clean cut. Stuff, you know what I mean? No, yeah, exactly. It's it's hard to not do that nowadays too, just because that's so, like so much of the, just the expectation to like have like this super overproduced product that has like at least like seven seventy different tracks to it and all yeah. this other doubling stuff. doubling everything. Yeah, everything <laughs> yeah. Everything's got a harmony. Everything's got like something going on with it. And we talked before with whether you're from Three Leaf Studios. We talked uh, to them about. He goes in there a lot of times. He'll turn off all the screens because they'll, they'll sit there and watch the, the screens on the computer. Forget it. Just play the song. Yeah. Don't be looking at the screen and trying to be your. I'm the engineer, buddy. You play the song. I'll tell you what's wrong with it and how we're going to change it. It's funny that you say that because I've had a <laughs> few bands that like I'll have them set in the live room and everything like that, ready to go and track, and then they're like. They'll go through it for a couple takes, and I'm just like, let's try it one more time. And they're like, can I can I just come in there and watch it on the on the screen? No. I was like, no, you're in there. You're in there. You yeah. Do your thing in there. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's that's I, for whatever. And if it reason, takes a million takes, it takes a million takes. This is how it is. It's not going to be that much right just because you're looking at the screen. Now. Yeah. All, you yeah. still have to play it correctly. Yeah. That's all it comes down to is it playing does. it correctly. You're playing it correctly. Yeah. And making sure that I don't have to changing the screen's things. not going to save and change anything or make it any different. No, definitely not. Not at all. <laughs> and, 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 and if you have a good producer and a, and a good engineer, they know what they're doing, and that's what you're paying them to do. And they can kind of guide. Let you. them do their job. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's half of the battle of being like a good engineer or producer. It's yeah. like knowing how to talk to whoever's in front of you, and it's never you're never gonna have the same interact or like not same interaction, but you're never gonna have to talk to this like anybody the same way as another person. Yeah, it's always you always have to kind of have like your your uh, like a psychologist hat on at the, every moment just so you know how to talk to people, and it's. It's it can be tiring, but it's definitely worth it when it comes out good. <laughs> That's half the game is just understanding how what what they're trying to do, exactly, and to pull it out of them as best you can. Yeah, and try not to get stuck in the thing. Like I remember um, this one guy we had in we had this guy one guy in the studio, and he was like obsessing on flute sounds <laughs> on what? his, and he he was like going through all these different like fifty flute sounds on the synthesizer. You know what I mean? I'm like. Dude, it's the idea of flute. Yeah, it's going to get buried anyway. It's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, just, you know what I mean? just pick any of them. Yeah. Obsessed with you know the flute, I mean? huh? I'm just saying, that's it's just, just an example. It's not the right timbre, you know? Yeah, out there, like, they're like trying to get it perfect. It's like, dude, it, nobody cares. They're, they're not going to care. Just and play it, the part. It's such a time killer, too, because then you're just going to sit there and and like tonescape for something that's going to be a very minimal part of, of a song. Yeah, tonescape. I love that. <laughs> tonescape. It's crazy, though. It's, you ever get people coming into the studio? We hear this a lot, and they have they have like this mentality, like 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 they're like a superstar already. <laughs> I've had it. I've had it. <laughs> is it mainly the the hip hop community, or is it? It can't. Like a lot of the times, it is. There are some like they'll get like a little bit of traction, and they'll have like a couple thousand streams on Spotify or something yeah. like that, and then they just think that the world owes. I had I had these two kids come in, and. Um, like they were all right. They were doing like something somewhat original for the most part. Yeah. But like when you look at their follower count versus like how many actual streams they got, it's like they were they were paying money to get 
like followers on Instagram and everything like yeah. that and make it seem like they had all this clout. And then when you got over to the actual like performance art of it, yeah, they weren't, they weren't doing anything. They're like lucky if they got like 10 streams a month. So you can't like there, there's a, there are a lot of people that'll act like, Oh, well, like I've got this going on for me and everything like that. But yeah. like, it's all in the numbers. If your numbers aren't pulling in what you're saying, they're pulling in. It's, it's not happening. Yeah. It's not <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> yeah. And I tell people too, and don't worry, don't worry so much about getting the next gig or whatever, work on your social media organically. And it's nothing more important. Everybody's on the internet. Everything's being heard on the internet. Everybody's yeah. on Spotify or whatever they're doing. And like mm -hmm. all the bands we talk to, they're just doing, they do singles and put it out, promote the single. Yeah. Right. Or they'll do a little video for it or whatever. Then again, they, they do a lot more promotion per single. Rather than throwing an EP out there, and we know it's pretty much all for free. If you go into Bandcamp or whatever you're doing, yeah, they're giving it out for free anyway because they're not making any money anyway. But they're hoping you'll support them and follow them and maybe get the sponsors or whatever buy the merch. I think that's mainly the thing. Is like most of the time I've seen people that like they're always just releasing singles and like to put all the work into an EP. I think it's a lot time a lot of the times more of a gamble than what they're willing to like yeah. put out as far as like or shell out as far as money. Mm -hmm. So like nine times out of ten, I'll I'll see people that are just like single, 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 and they'll have like five ready to go, and they could have just released an EP, but for whatever reason, they're waiting for somebody else with more money to give them backing or something <laughs> like that. So. Yeah, but I, I don't understand. It's easier to promote too if they get one single. Like a lot of bands want to be on on the on the radio show, our show, radio show, or on the podcast. I'm like. Well, dude, you can have more than one song. Do you have anything else? <laughs> oh, I can't put you. I can't put one song on the radio show and talk about you for half. You know, try to promote you and I, I throw one song out there. What good is that going to do anybody? It's not going to help you. It's not going to help us. It's not gonna help anybody? Well, it's a really good song, I guess. We could play it twice, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a great song to play it twice. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it's just the way it is. I, I don't understand the mentality sometimes. I mean. And I'm sure you get all the time in the studio. I mean, it's like you're paying for studio time, right? You utilize your studio time the best you can. Don't worry about a freaking flute. And don't worry about how your, yeah, your tonescape is or whatever you're going on. <laughs> Just play the freaking song. You're paying this guy to do his job. Let him do his job. If you got a problem with the mix later, then you guys can talk about it, right? Yeah. Don't really worry about it in the moment. Just play the song. Well, the main thing, I mean, if you're an engineer, the the first part of it is just going to be the tracking. And the, the tracking is really honest. And then you can try to do stuff mixing-wise. But you just got to get the tracks down, you know? Yeah, and and you if you, can, you can tell, like, nine times out of ten, like, oh, this has too much, like, 60 hertz in it. I'm going to have to take that out. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a known thing. So, you know, the tracking engineer is going to get the is going to get the honest bits. Yeah. You know? And then it... From there, it's like now these days it's just cut and paste. But kind of a good uh, tracking engineer is. But you still have people prepared when you come engineer. in the studio. I know Thomas probably has some people that come in that don't come in prepared and like, well, you're on the clock, buddy. So, well, I'm not gonna, you know, whatever, put strings on your guitar for you and tune your guitar. It's not what we do. Yeah. You ever get that? <laughs> oh yeah, no. It's it, there's been a couple of bands that I've had that like there's there's like a couple of people in the band that are very serious about the music and. They want to make sure that like this is a part of my life and I want to proceed to do this and I want to have music that I can show to my like the fan base and my, the people that I love. And then there's like two or three other people in the band that are literally just there to party. And like so right. going into the studio is just how drunk can I get right now? <laughs> yeah. They're wasting their money and like 
Well, it's got to be annoying. It, it wastes everybody's studio time. Is not, yeah, studio's not a party place. We're coming to get the work done. It's, it's a place of business, right? You're paying me. Get it done. If you want to party, go home. Save yourself some money. Right. <laughs> go, you know. And, and, and actually, I miss the days of the garage band. I really do because if we're, when you're playing the garage with your buddies or whatever you're doing in your basement, you're, learning, you're playing cover song, but you're learning your chops. Oh, yeah. Covers, as I've, as had, people, I've had bands this, come in that had like 100 or 200 bucks. Yeah. And they're like, I need to make this demo. Okay. You know what I mean? Can you do it for me? And I'd be like, bring your stuff in here and let's do it, you know? And then and they just pound it out and get the songs done, you know? And they're great. Yeah. Some of those are the most rewarding recordings rather than people that would be like months on end going on and on about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's really exhausting. Yeah. And for for a, like a metal band or a punk band, you, you got to be able to play this, this, this stuff live. I know a lot of times you have the... The recorded whatever you got going on these days, even like Kiss does it and Ozzy does it and everybody yeah. does it. But they, I mean, they they already put their time in anyway, and they're they're older. But but I mean, if you're gonna go over over production on something, you're gonna have to try to reproduce that in concert. And if you can't do it, you have a whole bunch of tracks playing in the background. <laughs> That's what you're I mean, backing what, tracks what, for. <laughs> yeah, man. But still, it's not the same. No, not at all. Like at the time when he had Zeppelin, people like that just coming on playing playing music, plugging on in. You know, I know yeah. it's a modern age, but it's kind of, a, it was more pure back then, I think, than it is nowadays. You know, it's easier with the advent of the software and everything like that, but. Some of like the best you, recordings you, are made on boomboxes. You, you, you had to sit around and cut tape by hand. Yeah. Place it together by hand. That's, That's how we learned. That's not fun either. That is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I used to cut and, you know, splice in whole a bridge or whatever into a song on 24-track tape. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, you want the bridge there? Okay. Let me cut Here it. Here it goes. Let's <laughs> hope I don't fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to us about uh, working with uh, Matt Bayless. Matt Bayless is a hard ass, but he's he's a very talented guy. So he, he's gotten a ch- he's worked with like Mastodon and Pearl Jam. Yeah. All these super huge names and stuff like that. But he's like, he's a machine. He's crazy. Like getting to work with him for those like two days that he was there producing the Holy Fawn stuff was like watching – uh, like it's watching a pro at work. It's 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 great. It's it's so cool, and you kind of get to see like how um, how I mean he's I've loved I love minus the bear and I love um, I love Mastodon. Mastodon's so, fantastic. Yeah, and so like getting a chance to like hang out with the producer of those albums. I took I like I watched everything that he did like with under a microscope. It was it was a really great experience for me, and it helped me grow leaps and bounds as an engineer. It was right. awesome. That's always awesome to be able to see somebody that's just like I notice like really good tracking engineers that I've worked with just like nail the singer to the wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like they just do not let up. Okay, take, 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 take. You know what I mean? They just go and drive them, and they and they get great performances out of them. It's hard to do. I think it's it's great too because like guys like that they'll know how to hold people accountable for like it's like you're I'm here I'm getting paid I'm doing a job so like don't don't mess around i i'm here for a specific reason i'm not here for you to take 100 smoke breaks i'm not here for you to change the parts in the song in the middle of it Mm -hmm. or try to like discover a new way of doing it you have this product that you want done and finished i'm going to finish it for you and polish it up and that's my job and it was it was really cool to see (laughs) how do how do people how do people get a hold of you if they want to record with you uh i usually go through instagram or i have uh, uh we had a website set up 
Um, it's we had to change the domain name like a couple of times, but we're working on getting another one set up. And then uh, mainly, mainly just through Instagram and email and my my phone number. <laughs> so go ahead and tell them. Or tell them. <laughs> All right. So we are at headquarters rec. It's uh, spelled with a Z uh, on Instagram. And then uh, my email is just going to be uh, Thomas McDonald Booking uh, at gmail.com. and. Mm-hmm. Phone number is 480-440-3195. Remember that, folks. <laughs> and he's down here in Tempe. That too from the old guy's studio of our own. <laughs> yeah, just down the street. So tell me something about your recording techniques. Tell me, you know, say we get a metal band coming in. How do you start off with a band when they come in, a fresh band? So generally what I'll do is I'll have them start off with uh, with a scratch guitar tracks and stuff like that just to so that we can get, like, the basis of the song laid down. And then I'll have them do drums. Uh, once we do drums, we'll retrack uh, guitars, bass, and then the last thing that we do is vocals. So um, you run the bass and the guitar through headphone when the drummer's playing, or just something like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah right. I'll just run it straight through headphones. Mm-hmm. I use it's mainly a digital set of, system setup, so it it's all pretty integrated in, into each other. So it makes life really, really easy. Yeah, that's the important thing to do is to have the the for the drummer anyway. Yeah, because this way they know what they're, it's not just playing to a click, and they have like some kind of a feel to go off of as well. It's yep. not like all dry. It's critical. Oh, yeah. Sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just see the drummer in the, in the, in the in lonely, in the dark, naked and afraid. <laughs> naked and afraid, huh? <laughs> so we were talking earlier, tell me some of the bands you dig to. You're really into the deathcore scene, I guess. I oh, mean, yeah. tell me some of the bands you really like when you get in your car and you want to hear some deathcore, what the heck do you put on? Uh, I'd fit for an autopsy. Fit I'm, for an autopsy. That, yeah, it's a great one. I'm a huge fan of. Uh, How about upon a burning body? I like upon a burning body. Like yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't say that they're like in my top ten or anything like yep. that. But I do like upon a burning body. They're really good, especially their older stuff. Yeah. Um, like when they did that whole album that was based off of that. What was that director's name? I can't remember. Oh. Um, not Robert Rodriguez. No, it is. It is. It's Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Boy, right on the map. <laughs> yeah, when they did that whole album based off of like Robert Rodriguez movies and stuff oh, like yeah. that, I, was, I fell in love with that. It wasn't? Yeah, that was awesome. And then they kind of started to do more of the trendy stuff, and that's when I kind of fell off of it yeah, a little bit. But. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, a lot of bands try to switch and try to get a little more airplay, but nobody's playing Upon a Bernie Body on the radio no. anyway. No. <laughs> Yeah, trying to get more airplay. Jeez. Another band, we play like a melody, Whitechapel. I like Whitechapel a lot. I Love mean, Whitechapel. yeah, especially the new one, The the Valley. What a great album. And it starts to finish. Killer. It's it is. such a good album. I think that's their best album. I think, I mean, they really came through with that album. I remember people were giving them a lot of shit for singing it, on it, but I thought it was great. There, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. We, we've played almost all of your track here on the show and on the radio show. So. Yeah. So anybody else you see up and coming, even not only worldwide, but maybe in Phoenix, maybe maybe Phoenix. people to look out for besides I, Holy Fawn. Ah man, they're already doing good. So are they? <laughs> yeah, they're, good for them. Yeah, they're, they got signed to Triple Crown. They're, really, they're chilling. <laughs> <laughs> good for them. Good for good for the metal bands. <laughs> Thank God. We're right. doing our best to bring heavy metal back to Arizona <laughs> and the world. Like you said, we're not stopping the world domination. Yeah, no, my, my best my best guess for who's up next is definitely gonna be uh uh Never Sleep. They're Never they're, Sleep. Never Sleep. Out of Arizona? Yeah, out of Phoenix. They're yeah. great Gooba great, great Cooper guys. They're super, super cool. And they they make some heavy ass music too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 
Like I said. We'll have to check them out. Like I said, we're getting in because Arizona seemed like we're like we're here in Arizona. We've been doing it for about a year and a half, and we get bands from every corner of the world, but Arizona, except for like Apocalypse Pony, they've been on the show a few times. Okay, cool. Yeah, have you guys <laughs> ever had Job for a Cowboy on here? No. Yeah, they're from here. <laughs> Even if we get Sacred Riker, but Sacred Riker will come on. He never come on Sacred Riker. <laughs> I don't know. They the got Flotsam and Jetsam and all these guys. I don't know. Nobody's you know. It's, come on. It's hard to get people nailed down to do stuff. It is, but it's a metal community is a very tight, you know, tight community, and we'll give you an open platform. You know what I'm saying? We interview more bands in Iceland than we do in Phoenix. We do, and, and, and Australia, in Australia. It's because they're hungry. They want it. They want it, man. They want. Yeah. They want to be on the U.S. radio too, when they are. I know they want to be on a U.S. show, and let's be giving an open platform, and as we all should, you know, and just yeah. give them, just give an open platform because God knows they're not playing metal on the radio, and then we're gonna play it again. Well, well, there is no scene. You got to make your own scene. That's all there is to it. That's no lie. And if That's... you win a Grammy, you're not going to be on TV. Don't worry about it. It'll just give you the. I'll give you that guy, that metal guy over there, a Grammy. Like Ghost did. Yeah, Ghost or the Tool this time, or the they gave the first metal performance to uh, Jethro Tull over Metallica. You know, <laughs> just a lack of respect. It you is. know, Jethro Tull. Because when people think about <laughs> they, they think about metal, they do. They always think, oh, Satan. No, no. It's or they stick. think, or they it's think, a stick. it's not real. They, they, only, they can only hope there was Satan. Or they think you're running around <laughs> a spandex with uh, your hair poofed out. <laughs> this is what they think, man. They're thinking poison or like you know docking and stuff. You know, I don't right. know. especially out here, kind of like when you're not like in the metal scene, people automatically go to like those hair metal bands, and it's just like, no, it's a lot more complex yeah. than that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of hair metal going on here. People are still stuck in the hair metal years, but I mean, I love hair metal too. I love it. I mean, it's great. But it's not like you know Sabbath or Iron Maiden or Priest or or any of these any of these bands of Ginger Arch Enemy you know Opeth Amon or Marth stuff like that you know and people I, I tell people all the time you, you got to open your I know you love your eighties metal nineties metal but check out what's going on new you know yeah. you're gonna like find a lot of stuff in death metal whatever is brutal death metal whatever you want to listen to symphonic black metal I don't care what you want to listen to. Oh, symphonic black metal. He's going to pull that one out. It's <laughs> cool. It's cool. I get it. I get but it. But there's so many genres of metal, right? Just like hundreds, no, man. And people are like, I, I don't go with genres. Well, then you're missing out because they are significantly different in each genre. Yeah. You know, and some are hard to pigeonhole, but you got to put them somewhere. And they all have stuff that like makes them unique too. Yeah. So like to just shut off an entire genre, yeah. is, it, it's, it's close-minded. You got to, you yeah. got to give it a shot at least. You have to. People, oh, it's screaming, but it's not really. And, and it's said, not. It's not. It's no, so much more technical than that. And I, yeah, I said, get get past that part and listen to the musicianship. Listen to these. Some of these these death metal drummers are beyond beyond belief. Like, uh, Misery Index. These people oh. like this man. You're talking about people that are just blowing. Even Ginger, like great drummer. Speed. Drummer's mind blowing. So yeah. much speed yeah. to it. So much technicality. There you is. Have to be so precise too. It's not. It's. It's why it's it's why it's mainly uh, this is why I think it's not as popular is because metal is mainly for other musicians not yeah. like nine times out of ten, and that can be a little bit more of a fickle community to kind of have an, an appeal towards. Sure, because it's it is it's so technical that sometimes it, it's hard to keep up with. It just seems like it could seem like oh it's just noise. It's not. They're doing what they're doing on purpose. Once we're talking, we're talking to John Sparrow, as we drummer for the Violent Femmes. And oh. he's like, dude, you can't go up there and play metal. He started going, you can't go up there and just play Slayer. You, just no. can't, you can't do it, man. You, mm. It's damn it's impossible. And he's like, I don't know if people, people just think it's Satanism, Satanism and noise. It's not. 
I, I watched a drummer one time try to learn how to play bleed, and it yeah. literally took him two and a half months to get it correct. It was and like like blisters on his feet and everything like that. It's it's no joke. Let me see this eight year old eight year old Japanese girl playing like Moby Dick. <laughs> what is going on in Japan? I don't know. What's going I don't know. They always do that though. I always see like some twelve year old bass player from Japan just shredding. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because they love metal in Japan. They they live for metal in Japan. They do. They, they do. They especially with baby metal and everything like that yeah. that came out. Like yeah. They just, yeah. And that's remember loudness of course one of my favorite bands out of there. Right. But I mean, if you want to make money, you're a metal band. You you, you go to Japan. They pay you anything. Maybe that's what we need to do. Yeah, just take, just take <laughs> it on the road. Just I think to- so. Too. <laughs> well, they want us to come to Australia. They're begging us to come to Australia, so we we'll have to get there one of these days. Sure. There's a lot of great Australian death metal bands out there. There too. are. There's a ton of them. Like make them suffer. There yep. it is. Murder. All the like super yep. super talented musicians. Yeah. They, no they, wonder they're serious about metal in Australia. Yeah, I mean, no they joke. live and die by it. <laughs> You know, it's an extreme-ass country. <laughs> what else are you going to do, man? Are you going to sit around and play the didgeridoo? I'm sure there's plenty, <laughs> I don't know sure there's plenty of things to do in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> well, not half of it burnt down, not much going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. They'll get back to it, though. They're still going to have their festivals in Australia. I would hope so. That's what I'm most So Thomas McDonald, headquarters, studio in Tempe. Thank you so much for being Thank on. For it was an me. honor having you here. Thank you for being on the old guys talk about less than times bug podcast. We gotta have you back on. We'll talk more about some brutal death metal or the American death core or whatever we're gonna talk about. We got a million things. We're an open book. Yeah, he lives down the street, man. Stop in. He does time. live down the street. He's I'm about three minutes close. that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. So we look forward to having you on again, man. Thank you once again, Thomas, for being in on, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Awesome. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you. Thanks, brother.